Greetings. Welcome to the Asana Kitchen podcast. Now, before we get started, I just want to let you know I'm doing an online summer course from July 6th to August 10th, and you can find out the details on my website. So I'll be giving talks on the philosophy of the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, a sacred text on the physical practice that we do. And then also there will be a video course that's on Hatha Yoga skill building techniques. So I hope you can join me. Okay, so when you're, you've created your steady spot, you're in triangle pose, you're in Rechasana B, what's going through your mind? What are you, what are you working on? What's your project? And um, in Ashtanga, it's called the state of the asana. And it's a really unique wording uh, that I like because it's kind of um, implying that there is a state to be in, in the asana. And, um, and I would say that answering the question, um, what is the state, uh, is like it represents a main challenge or a, a kind of central preoccupation. Like, and so it's just the question, what do I do? What is happening there? And um, I would say it's common to think, because um, you're doing yoga, right? So the, the, it's common to think that you, you're, that you do nothing, right? That you, uh, you get still and you clear your mind and be in the present moment. Okay, but, but what, the, what they don't tell you about those things, about doing nothing or being in the present moment is that that is a, it's a peak human experience. It's a very rare thing to actually, for a human being to be in the present moment or to do nothing. And um, so it's a very difficult experience to attain. And uh, so a lot of discipline and technique go into doing nothing. And um, so, so there's a lot of doing something to get to doing nothing. And the something that you do, you can su I'll sum it up for you in one word, and that is action. And it's a very specific word in yoga, that you're, 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 you're summoning actions or applying actions to your pose. And uh, uh, all, throughout your body, all your, like your feet, have actions, your legs have actions, your spine has an action or has actions. And, and so, so you're going through this process of activating your body. I just want to go through with you the, the actual dictionary definition of action because it's revealing. So um, for one thing, it says that, so action is the fact um, or pro the fact of the process of doing something. It's the fact of doing something typically to achieve an end. And then it has these words that go with it, that action is activity, it's work, it's effort, it's exertion. Um, it's an act or a deed, a move, a gesture. So in, when you're in the state of the asana, you're summoning work. You're applying effort. And you're trying to... Uh, include your whole body in that work or in that effort. If you study with me, you know how much I love the word gesture, which is a movement or an action that's intended to convey a specific idea. Okay, and so part of how you create action in the body is through gesturing with your legs and arms and your spinal column, and you can gesture with your eyes and even 
uh, mudras are gestures, so that Uddiyana Bandha is, is an action, and so are uh, vinyasa, so every transition is a gesture. Okay? And so all of these things are ways that you're creating action in the body, and then, and then I love how the definition of action, it says that it has that qualifier. So it's the fact or process of doing something typically to achieve an end. Okay, and so then let's think about the aim of action. What's the end of action in, a, in an asana? Okay, so there's a few ideas. Well, one is in the Bhagavad Gita, it's that, so you, it says you have the right to your action, but not to the fruit of it. Okay, so, and that you act for acting's sake alone. And, um, so the, and you, uh, you act without attachment to the role, results of your action. So when you, so when you act in, an, in a yoga posture, you're not trying to get a material gain from that. Even though we do, the, the ego can kind of take over and, um, and make it like Marie Chiasana C about binding and trying to do that, achieve that physical thing. But if you do that in your posture, then you're liable to lose track of why you're acting in yoga. Okay, so, so because in yoga, you, you act to bring skill to the action. So it's a very amazing thing. That's, that it, it's, a, it's like you, you act to, to get to the purity of action. Like, and, and that's what like samadhi or absorption is. It's to be so fully immersed or engaged in your action that everything else disappears. Okay, and so, and then also you, you also act. So let's say that, like what we said, that um, yoga, the, the, per, the, the goal of doing an asana is to do nothing or to just still everything, still your body, still your breathing, still your senses, steady your mind. And in a sense, then it's like eliminating activity and coming to this very silent, still place and having the, an experience in the present moment. So, so that's part of the purpose of an action in an asana is to lead you into that state of nirodaha. And then also, if you're thinking about this idea that you act for action's sake, you're looking for pure action, and then action is also work or effort. And I love this definition of effort. So effort is a vigorous or determined attempt. Okay, so again, there's this, um, that you're looking for this kind of pure effort, this pure, um, vigorous, determined attempt to activate and and that's why it's such an interesting um, like I started off this saying that there's a preoccupation that one of your central things is contemplating action like what does it mean pure effort like and how do I make an effort with my feet or with my legs and in and related to how I'm making an effort with my arms and so, so there's a lot to explore there in terms of, um, in terms of what is action. And it's, it's a lifelong thing. I've been practicing for 25 years. 
and the sort of vista of, the vista is opening still about what is action. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary. I mean, you'd think that after 25 years, I would, I would have it pretty dialed in, what is action? But no, it just keeps expanding. I keep discovering more about how to, how to cre create this skill in action, how to make a, a, a state of pure effort or pure work. Okay, um, but, but also today I want to explore um, this one yoga sutra with you, the, the classic on asana to get at, um, give you some ideas for actions in the state of the asana. And it's sthira sukham asana. So it's describing uh, the state of the asana. It's saying it's steady and agreeable is the state of the asana. But, but there's more, to th there's more um, words that describe it that I want to go into with you. Okay, so stira, it, it has these um, words. Okay, it's constant, dependable, fixed, stable, hard, undoubted, uh, resolute, steady, trustworthy, not wavering or tottering, lasting, strong, still, motionless, um, durable, firm, compact, unfluctuating, steadfast, solid. Um, and then it's also earth. Stira is earth and um, stubbornness or resistance. Okay, so, so these, and if you think about these um, adjectives describing this state, uh, the, these, there's, there's actions involved in getting to the, those, uh, to manifesting uh, dependability or a fixed state or steadiness or to become unwavering, okay? And, um, and, and it all has to do with the foundation of your pose, okay? And so, and one of the things I've discovered in this long study is that your foundation invariably, okay, it's almost always, there's some exceptions, but it's almost always made up of your legs and arms. Okay, so your limbs are the ones that connect with the ground to make the foundation of your asana. And so that by, you can, so that all these adjectives then, adjectives are then describing qualities of your hands, feet, arms, legs. Okay, so you're trying to make dependable arms, dependable legs, um, fixed legs in your triangle. You're trying to make your legs unwavering, your arms untottering, okay, firm and durable, and also even compact. So if you're looking for what are the actions in the state of the asana, go into your limbs and, and uh, activate your foundation. Okay, then sukha. It means pleasant, agreeable. So it also has these words that go with it. So it's pleasant, comfy, joy, delight, gentle, uh, mild, felicity, happiness, pleasure, uh, convenient, and snugness. Partly there's this quality of ease, of uh, uh, gentleness, of 
that it's pleasant, it's comfy, it's snug your, uh, your, when you're in the state of the asana. <laughs> Try that when you're doing kapotasana <laughs> or, right, or karandavasana. So, but that's part of how you activate your body. It's like, so the, the actions that you uh, are looking to bring or the state that you're looking to come to has these qualities. I would say that those, that what I've just described to you are, are almost, the, they're general ideas that you're making it steady or durable or strong and you're bringing, you're have, you feel a sense of ease or uh, receptivity and there's delight or felicity in your posture. Okay, but I also want you to think of these, for one, they're, they're like opposite, they are opposites. That, um, and that especially comes to light when you think of them as elemental forces. Okay, so sthira is earth and sukha is space. Okay, so out of the five elements, this sutra is talking about two things and two ways to activate your body so that you're trying to manifest earth. But when you're, when you're trying to manifest the quality of sthira, you're manifesting earth. And when you manifest sukha, you're manifesting space, that, that elemental quality. Okay, and then we'll, let's define those. It's very interesting um, to think about. First, just the straight ahead definition of those things. What is the earth, if you look in the dictionary? And I, I like it. It's, it's the land surface upon which we live. <laughs> That's it. It's the world, right? It's this globe that we're on. It's the land surface that we walk on. But it's also, it, when you think about that in terms of your asana, it's the land surface upon which you strike your stance. That's the earth. Okay, and then, um, and the earth is also your foundation. So your, your arms and legs connected to the earth. Okay, and then one other thing is the earth is, it's that this physical earth, terra firma, that, we're, that we walk on, uh, it, it has all those qualities that are described in Stira, right? That it's trustworthy, it's durable, it's strong, it supports, it's dependable, and, and these things. And, and you want to take advantage of that physical ground to create actions in the state of the asana. Okay, so space then is, to me, it's a very different animal. It's a kind of negative quality or difficult to pinpoint because, for one, it's so pervasive, but it's also what's like, so you have this room with the walls and the floor, and those are very tangible, but the space is what's inside that, okay? And so, but the dictionary definition of space is that it's a, a continuous area or expanse, which is free. Um, available or unoccupied, okay, and so, and this is describing sukha. Is that so? It's a unoccupied space, and and it's partly what sur you're surrounded with. So it's an kind of outer space, and 
in that it's defined as the dimensions of height, depth, and width within which all things move. <laughs> what a funny definition of space, right? The dimensions of height, depth, and width in which all things move. Okay, but so then, though, want to go further with this um, idea of elemental forces because they are, there's internal man manifestations of uh, elemental forces that you can work with to create actions in the state of the, the asana. And there's even specific um, locations or associations of these um, stira and sukha, of earth and space. And it's concerned with the central axis of the body. Okay, so the earth of the body is called muladhara, the root support, and it's at the base of the pelvis. Okay, and so, and this is a very important area of the body to work with to create actions in your, your asana. And I'm gonna go through with you the, the definition of mula, because it, it, mula, mula dhara, and because it kind of reveals the, the qualities of earth inside the body. And so it means, mula means original, uh, the base, root, or um, origin, source, origin, source, beginning, uh, firmly fixed, foundation. So mula dhara, two words. And the, so mula is original, Base, root, origin, source, beginning, uh, firmly fixed, foundation. Okay, and dada is keeping, carrying, sustaining, containing, preserving, possessing, holding, supporting. Okay, so you, it gets translated as root support, but and and but there's so it's also like this the 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 thing that keeps you close to the source or the thing that is the source. The, the, it's, it, it holds the beginning, this area of the body. So it's also, muladhara is, the, the, the term itself is an, it's a reference to the, the pranic channel, to the main channel, shashumna. And it's said that when the energy of the body the, the prana, the life force, when that is not awakened, when it's dormant, it's sleeping in that chakra, in that muladhara area. The energy sleeps. And it's through asanas and breathing and um, a kind of churning action of expansion and contraction that you're creating with your asanas and breath that you awaken the, the energy. Okay, and this, and so that you come energetically alive through awakening muladhara, and this is how you activate the body in an asana. Study this muladhara to um, answer the question, what does it mean to activate the body in the state of the asana? Okay, and then, so at the other end, you have the palate. It's called kachadi, or Ka is space, so it's this element of space, and it's related to the word sukha. So kachadi and sukha are very similar. So um, ka is space, and 
Chara is maker. And this is the palette area at the top of the axis that's called the space maker, okay, the sukha maker, and the ease maker, the, the receptivity maker. And, and they're, they're opposites, right? So that the earth is this very dense, compact, weighty, fixed um, kind of element. And it's found down at the base of the pelvis. And space is up here at the top of the axis. And it has to do with expanse and openness and um, when things are free and unoccupied and ease. So when you're thinking about the manifesting the elemental force of space inside your body, in your asana, um, so the word, you can look to the words for uh, some inspiration and in, uh, knowledge. So akasha, that's the word for the element space in um, Sanskrit. And it means um, vacuity and um, ether or sky, heaven um, produced in the sky. And um, the view or spacious, extensive, aerial. Okay, and so again, this in contrast to the earth. So that the, the, the earth, muladhara is... It's all in reference to the, earth, to the soil, to the clay, to the land surface, and to kind of being earthbound. And, and when you're in your asana, your legs and arms are part of that earthboundness. And then, but then when you contemplate space and your palate and your head and like the, the upper body, then you, you, it's like produced in the sky. It's bird-like. It's, uh, it, it's like making flights, and um, it's spacious, extensive, aerial, and um, and it, you get the view. So the the, the palette is like uh, gives you this kind of broad view of the interior of the body, and and so that's. That's partly, and that's why it's called the space maker. Because when you have that broad view and you can, you can survey from above, you can kind of explore the constricted areas and what's blocked or um, stuck and create a sense of space there. Okay, and, and then the word itself, ka-chari, it's, um, ka is a cavity of the body, a hollow or a cavern. And, and there are many caverns. So there's many kind of um, examples of ka inside the body that are helpful to think about. Like, and your palate is a main one, which is where the kachadi lives. But your sacrum is also a cavernous area where you, where you clear out and create um, Uddiyana Bandha. And even like the arches of the feet, they make a kind of... Uh, a, a vacuous area, or, or, or a cavern. So it's just an interesting way to um, think about your body and, uh, and make life, um, bring your body to life in the asana. Chada, it, it, it means making, but it also means um, walking or wandering about, um, doing, practicing, proceeding, uh, resembling, 
and it's like a, a roamer or a spy or coming near. And so I like that um, those different words having to do with, with this idea of caverns in the body and space um, inside the body that you're kind of through um, awakening your palate. You're kind of sending the ujjayi breath um, up into that palate area and broadening it and deepening it and uh, aligning your head over your pelvis along the axis in the asana. Well, then you, it's like, it's a way of kind of walking in space or wandering about in space or coming near to space. So that, so that making space is coming near to it or valuing it. And that, and you even, you like spy on those caverns. You, you look in and find them and, and roam about in them and spy them. Um, so let's find it very inter interesting exploration, this sthira sukham as muladhara and kachari, as um, manifesting the earth inside your body, especially along at the base of the axis, and then manifesting space inside the body, especially at the peak of the axis. Okay, so if we, if we go back to the idea of why or what's the purpose of activating? So that when, when you make an action, it's, it's something you do that has, a, has an aim or a purpose. Okay, and so we've, we went through some of those purpose. Um, it's for pure action that you act, um, but it's also for bringing about this state of doing nothing or just, just being in the present moment, this rare thing for a human being. So the, to me, it goes from a more from a grosser to a more subtle, and, and it's reflected in the way that we just talked about it. That the a gross way of doing it is just connecting with the ground and bringing this agreeable kind of spacious quality to your posture. But more and more, you're you're associating it with the central axis of the body and it, with this muladhara and kachadi. And, and this is where those allies that I talk about live, so that you're, you've got the breathing between muladhara and kachadi. That's where you, you inhale and exhale up and down the axis between those two points. And muladhara is where mulabandha and udhyanabandha are discovered and um, brought to life. And then jalandhara, the chin is from above, the, the, re, the direction of energy downwards, well, that comes from kachadi. And so as you're moving into a more kind of subtle exploration of sthira and sukham, then you're coming closer to doing nothing. And, and the bodily position that you achieve, like when you activate your pelvic floor, and you've got your limbs kind of supporting that activation of the base and the root. And then when you activate your palate and you succeed in um, making a spaciousness um, live throughout the body, well, then the bodily position that you achieve is, it's like, uh, it's conducive to meditation. It's like the iconographical depiction of Shiva in Samadhi, right? His, 
His spinal column is, wow, tall and awake, like kundalini shakti is flowing up that channel. Okay, and that brings a place of immovability and it clears the mind. Okay, and so then you, you can apply those words for stira and sukham and think of them as mental qualities. Okay, and so we're gonna go back and look at that so that it's not just your body that you're trying to make constant or dependable or unwavering, uh, steady, right? It's your mind, it's the your consciousness, your, the, the state of the chitta field, your, the state of your consciousness that you're making trustworthy, steady, still, settled, motionless. I love that. Okay, and then, um, and then sukha. So sukha is not just a bodily state where your limbs stop, stop quivering and you, 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 you got an easy pose. Right? No, it's a, it's a quality of mind. It's a quality of, of attention that there's, there's bliss. There's um, spaciousness. There's, uh, there, it's gentle and mild. And there's ease in your mind field. Okay? And, and so both of these qualities of, of mind, of steady mind, and a mind that is undisturbed, so it's not worried or anxious or fearful, Th those are what you're looking for in the state of the asana, and they lead to that doing nothing that then kind of reveals to you reality or how to, how to be oriented here. In a, in a very deep, kind of profound sense. And th so that you're not fooled by the appearance of things, by the illusion that the, the superficial presentation of it all. You've, you've kind of pierced through to the depths of the world itself and you in the world, okay? So, it's quite a, quite a preoccupation, right? That kind of exploring what, what is it being in the state of the asana? What's the purpose? And then, and how do I go about achieving that purpose? And, and this activating, creating actions throughout the body, full participation, and then that participation leading to this quiescent state where kind of truth is revealed to you. Okay, so I hope that inspires you to get on your mat and remember my summer course. Um, really love to tune in with you guys. And we've got the, the talks on the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. And then we also have this video course that's um, skill building techniques in Hatha Yoga. So the, those two will um, kind of dovetail and I'll, I'll make connections between them and um, give you some good inspiration for practicing this summer. Hey, okay, namaste.